Welcome back to The Edge. Should AI be used for YMYL content? Does CLS, Cumulative Layout Shift, have more weight in Google Core Web Vitals? It kind of depends there. Uh, will Bing's chatbot steal your clicks? You're listening to News from the Edge for the week of February 13th, 2023, here on Edge of the Web Radio. From the Edge of the Web Studios, here's what we're looking at this week. This is Edge of the Web Radio. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks, owner of Site Strategics, a digital marketing agency here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're covering SEO and digital marketing news of the week as quickly as we can, separate from our interview series that we roll out every week as well, so we can get more news to you more quickly than ever before. So check out all the news over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. The title sponsor of this episode is SE Ranking. This is the digital marketing news desk of SE Ranking. They're a new title sponsor for the show. And we're proud to be able to have them on board, a fantastic SEO SaaS marketing platform. They join up with The Edge to showcase some of the tools that they have to offer our SEO audience. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about SE Ranking here in the show, but they've got a great contest that you want to sign up for because it could be worth $2,500 to you, our listeners. So check that out a little bit later in the show. Joining me for this episode, this Valentine's Day episode, is, <laughs> is, is the Mike King, the top founder and CEO of iPoolRank. Mike, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Excited to be here. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've, had a, we've had you on a couple of times. Last time, uh, the world was burning, so we're really happy to have you in this much more calmer environment. How's your, how's your uh, Valentine's Day going so far? That's uh, terrific. My two little girls woke me up saying, Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely not. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us. Um, I want to check in with you. What's going on over at iPoolRank? Uh, we had a little bit of pre-show, but I wanted to jump right into it. Tell us about what's happening over there. Well, for me personally, I'm finishing up my book, The Science of SEO. The team is strong, doing some great work. We've been doing a lot of stuff with generative AI, but we've actually been doing it for the last three years. So it's just really interesting to watch the world catch up and like go crazy over it. And at the same time, there's a variety of other things that we've been doing that are use cases on the back of that beyond just creating content. And other than that, you know, we've got a rank tracking solution that we're dropping pretty soon called Exact Science. Excellent. And you got to unpack that a little bit more on the, on the rank tracking because we know with all the tools that are out there and how the SERP is changing right now, mm -hmm. it's, it's a hot mess. There's so many feature snippets and PAs that you can't keep track of. You can't keep track of your website. And so are you tackling that beast right there and really making uh, headway into that? We're tackling a lot, a lot of things with that. So from my perspective, Rank tracking hasn't changed enough in the last, I don't know, 10 years. And we're still like operating on this 10 blue link model. Like you're saying, it, it doesn't really reflect what the SERP is. But the other thing is that I don't feel like rank tracking tools do enough, right? Like we know effectively some of the things that search engines are doing right. to determine relevance. And we're also know that like, okay, we can track all these rankings, but why isn't there a tool that's getting you closer to like why did rankings change? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we do is that we track 
the changes in content over time. So when you think there's an algorithm update, you can take a look and see how did content change and then run regression models on it to say, okay, these are the things that Google is caring a bit more about now. Oh, wow. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that is used in ranking is what's called the vector space model. Mm -hmm. So basically you're, you're looking at a keyword versus a document or a web page rather, and how related they are, how close together they are in multidimensional space. So that's something that anyone could calculate. Why don't our rank tracking tools do that? And so that's one of the things that our tool does as well. So there's a lot of like AI driven features in the rank tracking platform. And then there's just a lot of things that like annoy me about rank tracking platforms. Like I hate when tools show you data and don't allow you to export it. Right. So there's nothing in our tool set that you can't export easily and then turn into whatever. Oh, and then we already have like native integrations with um, Looker Data Studio. We've got native integrations with Slack. We've got everything that a rank tracking tool should have from my perspective. That's always the best whenever you see a marketer who's been in the profession for a long time, in the industry for a long time, stake their, their new path into building something that you knew that you needed to have and that <laughs> it wasn't in the marketplace whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, there's, been, there's been a few initiatives where marketers really uh, grabbed a hold and built something like that. So kudos to you. We're eager to see uh, what you guys come up with over with. Do you have a release date? Uh, I mean, it's out in beta right now. We're, we haven't like done an official launch yet, but I anticipate in the next two months. Oh, very cool. We're going to have to dig into that and swing you back around here so you can give us a kind of a, a, a walkthrough. How about that? Sounds great to me. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> well, speaking about AI, AI is all in the news. We wanted to grab a hold of this first article that we teed up. And honestly, AI is everywhere. So it's almost like we want to have the show written by AI just talking about its, its, its own article. Spot it. <laughs> Yep. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Terminated too. Love it. <laughs> All right. So from Search Engine Land by Danny Goodwin over there, AI generates an article with serious YMYL content issues. So Men's Journal is the latest publication to be called out using AI to generate content that contains several serious errors. 18 specific errors to be identified in the first AI-generated article published on that platform, Men's Journal. So... Uh, we know that EEAT and YMYL uh, are key factors for SEO, especially in the medical space. Uh, EEAT stands for expertise, authority, uh, expertise, experience, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. YMYL is your money, your life. These are key factors in certain industries that are incredibly valuable to get information right because they can affect you to a great degree. So there's a number of errors on this platform, and there's also uh, a number of contributors that actually actually dived into uh, social media and focused on that serious errors and the concept of AI uh, hallucinations. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show. This is where the marketer has to be present in content creation. If you're using AI, you can't allow it to go try to make associations without fact-checking throughout the entire document. Mike, would you agree there? I agree wholeheartedly. I think that people make the mistake of saying like, okay, let me just let this prompt run and give me like 500, 1,000 words, and then they just slap it on the internet and see what happens. You know, people are seeming to forget that you still need content strategy to be a part of this. You still need to have 
workflows and governance models to make sure that the content that you're producing and publishing still makes sense, still meets the expectations of your brand. Mm -hmm. um, people are just taking these shortcuts and being like, well, a computer said it's true. It must be true. <laughs> and so you really have to have that editorial layer. I wrote a blog post about this in November. I think I called it, um, you know, AI content isn't the threat that they want you to think it is. And what I said there is that you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot put this stuff out without editing it. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is a lot of these organizations are just, again, trying to take those shortcuts and then they keep getting caught when they say that they've edited it, it's been reviewed and so on, and, and clearly it hasn't. Mm -hmm. So really what you need to do is if you're going to use this sort of technology, especially right now, you need to have shorter prompts, like shorter output from the prompts rather, right, right. because you have a lower likelihood of hallucination when it's shorter. And so when you say, you know, here's my specific question or here's the heading that we want to fill in. Boom, use that one paragraph and then do another prompt and so on and so forth, because that way you are more likely to get something that's actually usable. Mm -hmm. And then you still have to put it through editorial review and maybe subject matter review right. to make sure that you don't say anything that is inaccurate. So the, the concept of AI hallucinations, can you define that for us real quick, Mike? So our listeners understand what's happening in the AI generative space. Yeah, so hallucinations is where it just says something that is just completely inaccurate. And the way that these technologies work is that they're just predicting the next word. It's like it's it's what people call stochastic parrots because it's the probability of the next word to come in a sequence, that's how it's determining what to say. Mm -hmm. And so because it's a computer and we believe in its authoritativeness and so on, uh, we think that it's actually talking to us and it's not, it's just predicting words in mm -hmm. a sequence. And so the hallucination is when, you know, it thinks because it's a probable thing to say that it is accurate and then it's using it, but it's not actually accurate. Understood. Understood. So it's also the AI generative process is also scanning the web. It's got its databases of content and there's also a lot of errors out there, right? So sure. we also have this kind of garbage in garbage out mentality. These are not oracles, folks. This is a, a mirror of our own content, our own garbage out there. And then capitalizing on that, predictive analysis that turns into garbage hallucinations. So no wonder <laughs> things can actually get way out of whack because if it's scanning content material that it thinks is authoritative and it's not, there's maybe some misfires in concepts. It's going to take those off ramps and go way out off range and without vetting, without actually knowing your subject matter. And that's really the most important thing. You got to have it. You got to know that subject matter and then sew that back, back in. AI generative content is a good tool, but it can't replace editing. It can't replace knowledge of the subject, right? Nope, absolutely not. Never will. And you know, you got to think of it as a force multiplier rather than a replacement there you go. for an actual writer. It's more that you can get a writer that can write, you know, five articles a day rather than one. I don't know if that's the right scale, but you get the point. Sure. And um, you know, whether or not it can ultimately replace people. I mean, I, I doubt it, but, you know, this, we also haven't seen 
where we're going with computing power. We haven't seen what happens when you train it on like, you know, multi-trillion mm -hmm. parameters and so on and so forth. Right. But as it stands right now, you can't just let it go and, you know, kind of publish whatever. No, no, absolutely not. So, I mean, even in the AI art side of things, I mean, there's also licensing. It's trying to uh, pull some from images that actually are licensed images as, as well. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole AI, uh, the open AI platform was actually trained on a license with Getty images, but there's also a lot of images that we've seen just being reported that come through with license watermarks. And, and watermarks and trademarks and the likes. All mm -hmm. right. Got to watch what's happening here, folks. This is not a mad gold rush, and it certainly is a different beast than pre-2020-12 whenever there, were art uh, there was article spinning everywhere. This is mm -hmm. better content. But at the same time, it can be distracted and hallucinate very, very quickly. So <laughs> I guess I want to say buyer beware, but a lot of this stuff is free. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know the company, Big Tech's jump, jumping in there. And that's also a concern. We got an article a little bit later about that. But uh, that said, let's pivot around to our title sponsor of the show. Let you know what they've got cooking over there. SE Ranking is a cloud-based platform that offers comprehensive set of tools for SEO online marketing professionals. Uh, the platform includes a site audit, competitor analysis, website ranking, keyword suggestions and grouping, backlink marketing, and much, much more. So monitoring, not backlink marketing, backlink monitoring. So uh, check out what they can do over there. They also have a content marketing tool, which will actually create suggestions for writing, just like we're talking about. It's a tool. It's not replacement of a writer. So jump in there. They've got it tied to Google NLP as well. The tool is directed by AI, but it's also a fantastic set of tools that are going to be able to make your content more and more semantically charged. So we have a contest. This is what they're giving away. It's the SE Ranking Checklist Challenge. If you complete the challenge, you'll get one month of the Pro 1000 subscription for free. So go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE Ranking. You'll get the free use of the Pro level for two weeks. This is what you need to do. Five steps, and then you get another month free with this. And if you complete these, you're now in the running for a full year of the Business Pro platform. So check this out. Five steps. Create a project with at least five keywords. Find five competitors via the competitive research tool and add them to your My Competitor section. Run a website audit and show what issue you're going to fix. Do a backlink check and upload the backlinks to the backlink monitoring tool, and then Pick any page in the Page Changes Monitor platform. It's the website audit section. And then show the graphs of history of changes. So jump in there, make a few changes, get that graph going, send over some screenshots to the email that comes your way whenever you sign up. And you could very well win the entire year of the Business Pro plan with them. So thanks very much to SE Ranking for jumping in and sponsoring this contest. All right. Well, just to let you know, that's edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE ranking. All right, now, second article. From Barry Swartz over at Search Engine Land, uh, the cumulative layout shift may gain a bit more weight in the overall Google Core Web Vitals, and maybe not. So uh, Google's actually updating its Lighthouse 10 tool, and it's removing one of the overall Core Web Vital metrics. That's the time to interactive. Google will be assigning the TTI weight to cumulative layout shift and will give CLS a total 25% of the overall performance score. TTI is not a core web vital metric is used in Search Console or ranking, but it is used in Lighthouse, uh, the, the Google's developer tool, says Barry. All right, so 
Why does this matter? Here's an interesting thing here uh, that Barry goes into. Technically, this might actually have zero effect of overall rankings in Google. Core Web Vitals is a minimal ranking factor in general, and the current Core Web Vitals includes largest contentful paint, LCP, first input delay, that's FID, and then the CLS, which is cumulative layout shift. Now, that's a heck of a lot of geek speak. If you haven't caught up with <laughs> core, core Web Vitals before on the show, we talked a lot about this, but here's the deal. A year and a half ago, I think, we were really clamoring uh, about Core Web Vitals, and it was page performance getting. I mean, everybody was screaming to be able to speed up those sites. We're hearing from Google it's not a ranking factor or a very minimal ranking factor. Mike, were our hairs on fire just because we were wanting to clamor on something? This came through, and we were all freaking out. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, just like the uh, secure protocol thing, just like mobile getting, you know, Google, it's very rare that they say, do this thing to get a rankings boost. Right. And with speed, everyone can feel when a website is slow. Like, you never have difficulty going to a client being like, yo, I think we should speed up the website. Like, everyone always agrees with that. So it's very easy for everyone to get on board with that. But, you know, the net effect when everyone does something is that nothing really changes, especially when the weight for such factors isn't so heavy to begin with. And that happened for all three of those things. You know, ultimately, mobile getting wasn't that big of a deal. Secure wasn't that big of a deal. And neither was core web vitals. But... Of the three metrics, I've always believed that cumulative layout shift was a, a bigger deal yeah. because there was nothing like that before. You know, they've had a number of these metrics or some proxy for these other speed metrics before, but cumulative layout shift, they did not. And so cumulative layout shift actually makes a lot of sense because of the fact that, you know, publishers go hard with these ads mm -hmm. that you know push your your page down so when you're scrolling through some random online tabloid and you're right. trying to find out what's going on with britney spears this week and you go to click something and then the ad pops up where your finger went yep. like no one likes that experience and we all know that publishers do it because it's so that they can get more money but no one likes that experience. So, of course, Google is going to go after that from an organic search perspective. So I don't know that any of this is new. If anything, I believe that cumulative layout shift has always been the bigger deal among those three metrics. Certainly, certainly um, is the most overt. And there's also the problem with these news publishers. Uh, they're bringing in header bidding applications and all of these ad inserts that have no concern about CLS whatsoever. There's an incredible yep. bog down with bringing in almost like a five second delay on some of these news organizations. So they actually have to yep. dig, dig a hole even deeper to speed up their site just to accommodate something that is so poor optimized, but you have header graphics, you've got uh, uh, lower graphics, pop-up graphics, all that is interfering with the user's ability to actually consume the content. If anything, could be a ranking factor. And we've been told by Google that interstitials were ranking factors or were a factor of the algorithm. Those represent mm -hmm. interstitials, do they not? Sure. Especially Indeed. a big one. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the full screen ones that don't allow you to, like, actually access the content, of course. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, interstitials weren't the same as, like, when the page moves down. Right. So, it, again, it's a newer thing. 
or not new at this point, but newer than FID and, and LCP. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we certainly recommend reading that article. We haven't talked about page experience for a while. There's still improvements that you should be making on your website. If it's not for ranking factors, it's for the user experience. You got to make sure that people are treated right. And if you're a news organization and you're not watching that, you're just looking at the banners, the actual ad dollars coming through, you're really negatively affecting the experience. And the, the user's digitally savvy. They're going to vote with their click. They're going to vote with yep. moving away from your platform to someone else. All right. Speaking of news publishers, check this out. Last article over at Wired by Arian Marshall and Dave Parrish. Um, news publishers are wary of the Bing chat bots media diet microsoft their new search interface actually uh, just got released they can serve up key information from articles removing the need to click and potentially undermine publisher business models just like we're talking about here so i don't know if you've gotten a hold of the new bing or the new edge browser but bing chatbot is right in there have you checked it out yet mike of course. Of course. Of course. Right. Like, I got to play with stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't care about how publishers feel, to be honest. Like, you know, I don't think this is much different from the feature snippet to begin with. And everyone was so scared of that. And, you know, ultimately that did yield a lower click through rate in some cases, but mm -hmm. not so much that it hurt businesses dramatically. And also, I think that. You know, there's going to be situations, yes, yeah, someone wants a summary of whatever your article is about, mm -hmm. but there's also going to be far more situations where people are like, yo, let me actually read this. So I'm not so concerned with this. And I'm, in fact, I don't also don't believe that users are going to dramatically shift to chatbots over search as like a final behavior that's like, oh, forget search entirely. Mm -hmm. People are still going to go to websites. Like yeah. that's just fundamentally true. So I, I wouldn't worry about it so much. If anything, I would focus more on as a publisher, like how do I make more valuable content that people actually want to read? And I hate to say that because that sounds like something Google would say, <laughs> but you know, if you have like interactive content, if you have you know, well-designed stuff and people know that about your brand, mm -hmm. they're not gonna just be like, oh, let me talk to this chat bot. Let me go have this experience. So I got I, yeah, that's, I think that's a really, really good key because the user is going to be moving into this personal concierge mindset is that if the browsers and the engines are actually teeing up this information, it's going to be dialed into their particular preferences. It's not going to be a feeding frenzy of those top chat positions. It's all going to be personalized. It's not going to stop mm -hmm. with aggregated content. It's going to be revolving around that user. So you may not even have had a chance to actually be in front of that user because the preference of that user wanted to see something a, a, a good deal differently. So that is all going to mature. But what about the citations? What about just links to the websites that are actually being pulled, uh, that, where this content is being pulled? We've all been fighting for that from featured snippets, although featured snippets gave us the link. But Google's also gotten into the place of actually writing content from a number of different sources and not mm -hmm. and not citing where it's coming from. So what are your thoughts there of not seeing the citations? So I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Satya Nadella over at Microsoft. I thought he brought up a great point when someone was asking him about this. And he was basically saying like, the only way that we get to use this content as a search engine mm -hmm. is because of free use and because we are pushing traffic 
back to websites. So I do agree that it's a tremendous misstep on Google's part to not launch this with citations. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they're hearing that from the communities at large. And so, and also just the fact that like Neva has it, Bing has it, was a u.com, like they all launched the same functionality with citations. So Google should be able to do it. So I would be surprised if ultimately when this thing truly launches that they don't have it. But I definitely agree that we must hold them accountable to that because otherwise, like, why are we giving you our content if you're mm. just going to cut us out of the loop? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they're certainly uh, throwing ads into the mix. We're already seeing that in Microsoft chatbot, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But you're absolutely right. We got to have our stake in the game. That's the least that these engines can actually do is tell the user where this content's coming from, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. So I don't think this is going to be solved anytime soon. I think this is going to be the new frontier, the new battle for SERP dominance is to be able to affect the chatbot, to be able to enrich that chatbot with trending content, more valuable content. And then it comes around to which is more helpful, which site is more helpful. And it's not just that page. It's going to be how many other pages have you put out there that have been helpful to users. It's going to be an entire algorithm change, actually, as we go down down the pike here. Sorry, I'm just, I'm prognosticating, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. It really is. Well, is it? I mean, I think the way that this is all set up is that it's just using what ranks for your query to inform what the chatbot says. Because, you know, it's typically or historically with large language models, like you train them once, and you say, okay, whatever's in there, that's what it's going to spit out. But the way that Bing is integrated and the way that uh, Google is integrated, they are using the SERP specifically based on that query to then say, okay, run this through the chat by, or the right, language right. model to then give the answer. So I don't know that we have to do anything different here aside from just like continue to optimize our site so that they rank for those queries. But now that being at least in this case is allowing up to a thousand characters mm. in the search i think that's gonna you know challenge what relevance is because we are more oriented towards like you know probably like 10 word right snackable phrases right, right, right exactly so you know it is going to change how things like what ranks for things because the queries get bigger but i don't think that's something that you know we have to dramatically change what we're doing in order to account for it really just come down to like longer tail keyword research. Yeah, absolutely. And more and more questions and more and more sub points of questions and the like that are, are informing the key concept there. All right. I hope you're right. Um, I'm concerned that <laughs> I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. All right, hey, we want to mention our sponsor for this show as well as Enlinks. We're proud to have Enlinks as a continued sponsor of Edge of the Web. Did you know that entities play a major part in how search engines understand and rank content? That's really what we're talking about here. Semantically charged content, giving better and better results, better and better content to be helpful in SERPs, but also be helpful in chatbots. So there's that. Uh, and that's what Enlink can help you do. Optimizing your content solely around keywords is a thing of the past. Don't do it anymore. 
more. Focus on entities. Focus on the strength of these concepts in your website. Uh, using Inlinks, an award-winning software in Entity SEO that provides some expert-level data to be able to build your content around any keywords so that Google can actually have a better understanding of the context of your articles. So go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash Inlinks, I-N-L-I-N-K-S, to claim your free Inlinks account and start creating content that will outperform your competitors and feed the chatbot. How about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got a couple articles here that I want to go through that's over on Search Engine Roundtable. We always uh, save a bit of a Barry blast for last because we cannot not <laughs> do a hat tip to Barry Swartz over at Search Engine Roundtable. But uh, the one that you really teed up for me that I wanted to take a swing at here, Mike, was uh, the article over on Reddit. It's at Search Engine Roundtable, but it's a Reddit posting. Check this out. SEO guy travels across Europe to upload photos locally to Facebook. A Reddit thread. <laughs> this is awesome. Spotted by Arij Abdoali on Twitter says that there is an SEO guy who travels across multiple regions in Europe to upload photos to Facebook from that local region. Say it ain't so. That's beautiful. <laughs> the SEO claims that it helps better reach and ranking in the eyes of the algorithms. All right. All right. So, so as soon as Jacob saw this article, I get a knock on my office, right? And he says, hey, he says, I got hey, an idea. I got an idea here. <laughs> he said, hey, My passport I, is ready. <laughs> I will be I will be that guy to go around the country and do local. He's got to take one for the team. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your next thing is I need someone from the team to volunteer. I didn't want anyone to feel the pressure of that. So I thought I'd get ahead of it. I appreciate that. I truly do. I mean, the sacrifice that you would make, especially since we have clients in Israel and you, yeah, see, <laughs> and in Europe, you can jump over there. Just Someone's like, got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to throw just because I'm here right now. I'm going to throw this out there. If this is accurate, couldn't you? I mean, I don't know how closely Google's looking. Couldn't you accomplish this just with like a GPS spoofer? Just download images. Or VPN. And, yeah. VPN. Yeah. VPN, GPS spoofer, <laughs> yeah. just upload the images. Like if you really thought that the geotagged or at least, you know, location mattered, I, you could listen. But I mean listen, hey, just I just put let myself that out of a guy, job. <laughs> let that guy have his grifts. You know what I mean? He's just like, look, I want to travel the world. This is the way I can do it. Like right. let him live. <laughs> I I actually I actually wish Gary and, and John would have just been like, nah, we don't really have a comment. Because that guy was living his best life. And now we've got articles that his boss is gonna see and oh, be yeah. like, yo, what were you doing? Oh man, what if his boss subscribes <laughs> to this show? Absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, John Mew and Gary East jumped in there. But you can yeah, you know, let's let's protect this guy. Is that you can go find out yourself what Gary and John said. That, <laughs> right. Live the life, buddy. Yeah. Live the life. What an what an awesome. Yeah, get what, out there. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If his boss believed that, he's probably not watching this show <laughs> or reading that article. So I think he'll be all right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So <clears throat> another article, real quick. We were talking about ads in the new Bing chat interface. Barry reports that uh, there's been a number of screenshots. Nicole Farley over at Search Engine Land had a screenshot about an ad spotted in the chat GPT interface within Bing's new search results. So uh, they're certainly not citing sources, but they are populating those ads as quickly as they can in the chat GPT. So is that going to turn into just a hot mess in that space, Mike? Maybe. I mean, I think that so before these things were debuted, my idea was that 
you just talk to the feature snippet, which is effectively what Bing is doing. Mm -hmm. And the way I imagined it is that the SERP would update based on subsequent questions. So imagine you've got, you know, your feature snippet here, and then you've got your results below it. You have your ads around it as well. If you ask a subsequent question, you get a new set of results that just update, and then you have more ads. Mm -hmm. So effectively, within the same session, you can have multiple impressions, which is ideal for Google and Bing. Now, I think it's going to create less competition because it's going to be a longer tail right but more ad units and so i think it's actually a great thing hmm. for the search engines but it really comes down to like how do they manage the user experience such that the the ads are there but they're not like intrusive to the user right but you're also not like missing out on the opportunity to add those citations like you're saying so it's it's a difficult user experience to balance i think just think about the opportunity to actually bid into the chatbot as a separate campaign and being able mm -hmm. to actually have much more narrative inclusion into those ads. It's kind of like uh, Quora advertising or Reddit advertising. Mm -hmm. It could very well be even more narrowly meeting the user's need as opposed to fathead keyword bidding and the like. Hopefully, if they're going to keep on using it, they'll give us inroads into chat-specific advertising that has to be helpful and has to be contextually bound to what the interactions happening on that chatbot. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, they could be thinking more like a, on a journey level, right? Like not just a keyword, like when someone asks a series of questions because they're oh, trying yeah. to solve a specific problem, yep. then you know, your advertising is an input here where it's like, well, we solve this problem this way. And so subsequent questions mm -hmm. get answered through that lens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I think that could be like a really cool version of this, but you know, it's hard to say whether or not they are capable of executing it right yeah. just yet. Well, what a great idea to be able to bid into your place on this user's journey. If you're selling washing machine supplies, if that user's trying to find a decision on either replacing or repairing the washing machine, they're too early in the query, but they could actually start going down the repair journey and there's your ad right there. So you're not bidding too high up on the funnel and losing your skirt, so to speak, in, in ad dollars here that you can actually find everything, uh, find a narrow niche to actually, oh, sorry, I, I kind of spun, my, spun my, my gears there. So thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nah, it's all good. Hey, Sundar, give me a call. I'll handle this for you. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to go with our last article. We were just talking about publishers and concerned with AI-powered content and the like. I think we've covered the bases here. AI chat's not going away. Generative uh, AI-generative content and images are not going away. But you got to have a maturity to be able to put in what you're really trying to guide and just use that as a tool not to replace uh, what you're moving out there. So there's the more you learn uh, <laughs> section of the show. <laughs> Mike, it's been fantastic. We want to let you know that uh, SEO Chats, not online this week. They're going to be coming back. Nicole and Morty are going to be at the Global Marketing Day for 2023. That's happening this week. Uh, you can go over to globalmarketingday.com to check out. It's 24 hours of marketers around the planet. You part of that? I'll be there too. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> well, we're cheering you from the sidelines with some fantastic players that are in the space. And this is the third third one they've done or the second one? Uh, I think it's the third one. 
All right. All right. Yeah, it was and Simrush actually put all this together during the pandemic. And it's great to be able to see an entire convergence of these marketers. So kudos to you, Mike. That's fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, any final words for our listening audience uh, today, Mike? Uh, come to iPoreInc.com because we've got everything you need for the generative AI revolution. There it is. <laughs> and on top of that, go check out iPool Ranks podcast hosted by Garrett Sussman. He's awesome at what he's doing over there. Great find, great find for iPool Rank, and he, he he's, he's darn quirky. We uh, he's giving us a run. For, <laughs> he's giving us a run for our money, man. <laughs> we we actually talked about um, you know doing it in an actual TV studio, kind of like this global marketing day thing is going to be. But you know he doesn't really leave his house, so I don't know if we're going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, if you're ever in Indy, you can always come in here and use our studio as well. Why don't you bring Garrett along, and we'll treat you for lunch or what have you? How about that? That sounds great. I'm actually in Indy pretty once a year because my wife is from Indiana, so. Yeah, I'll pop by. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Offers extended. Thanks so much for your time today and your participation. And kudos of to course. Exact Science. I mean, we're going to be watching and, and lifting you guys up. Nice T-shirt. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Maybe Thank we, you. Maybe we can get some swag from Mike. What do you think? You never know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for Edge this week. And make sure that you check out the second part of the Cyrus Shepherd podcast. And we dug in deeper and deeper into the AI conversation. We can't get away from it. It's everywhere. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as we drop our different nuggets of the different interviews that we're having. As well as, hey, if you're interested... I should say, if you want to, why don't you go over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash edge today and let us know what you think about these episodes and others. It certainly helps us in the algorithm to be able to reach listeners that we haven't met yet. So uh, if you're part of the Edge Nation, jump in there and why don't you let the world know what we're doing over here and what you think about it. And you can even uh, trash Morty along the way because, you know, hey, everybody does at one point in time from all of us over the edge stay safe stay well and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood we'll talk to you next week bye-bye